everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled, A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And on tonight, I wanted to read the poem entitled, A Strong-Willed Mind. And here we go. To be an overcomer, you must learn how to survive. The abuse and ridicule of others meant to destroy your life. Not everyone will celebrate you or your accomplishments. Some will envy you, hate and talk about you, but claim to be your friend. To be a survivor, you must learn to overcome. The negative opinions of others meant to steal your joy. Not everyone will congratulate you on your victories. Some will be jealous of you, but in due time, they will see that everything that was used against you only helped to build your strength. When they use their tongues to fight you in time, it built your confidence. You have overcome and have learned how to survive, eventually discovering that you have a strong-willed mind. That is the basis of the entire book of poetry that I wrote. And I am very, very, very proud of this project because a lot of people are unaware. Only those who venture out to step out on faith and go against the grain really knows what it feels like when you accomplish against all odds, against every naysayer, against every person that ever spoke ill against you, against every person that meant harm toward you, against every person that literally prayed for you to fail, against every person that is only wanted the worst for you. I know it's hard to believe that there would be people out there that would be full of hatred, bitterness, anger, all of these negative emotions and feelings to the point that they just couldn't stand you and they didn't care about how you may have taken how they viewed you, but they dang sure didn't want to see you win. And so being able to overcome those things, those thoughts, those hearing the rumors, hearing the lies, hearing the opinions, when you were being formed, when you were 
developing and figuring out your character, when you didn't know your true identity, when you were trying to figure out where you fit in the bigger scheme of things. And yet, you found the strength and the courage despite every negative thing that was ever said against you intentionally and unintentionally to rise above it and to find your voice. That is not easy. That is not easy. And as you elevate, sometimes you will start to see your enemies clearly, honey. <laughs> they say we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I don't have that scripture memorized. I'm not going to pretend that I do. But it's something of the form of we wrestle against principalities of the air, demons, and high places. And so... It takes a special level of strength whenever you face adversity and you get blindsided. You know, when you can see your enemy, you're ready, right? You put on your full armor, you're good to go. When you can't see your enemy and you're literally looking, thinking, I'm for this person, so I know this person is for me. And something happens and you're like, ooh, dang, man, what? I didn't see that. I didn't see it coming, nor would I have thought it, nor would I have contemplated it. It never played in any equation that ever crossed my mind. Talk about blindsided. So when you are able to overcome adversity on just about every level in all the different circumstances, and then you meet the opponent after time has passed, the person that you never even thought was an enemy, and now you're being tested because the memories of what that person did to you start coming in like a flood and you have an opportunity to operate under grace and mercy or be like, you've got some nerve. Oh, you don't remember what you took me through? Oh, okay. Need I remind you? Oh, okay. Oh, you really don't remember? Hmm. Interesting. Well, I remember it like it was yesterday. As a matter of fact, I had to process it and get some help to process it in order for me to heal from it. But you don't recall? Hmm. Has it ever dawned on anybody that... Two people can have an experience 
I'm sure it has because they say nothing is new under the sun, but I'm going to go there anyway. Two people can have an experience. It was one experience, but two people can walk away with two totally different stories of that experience. And they can be passionate about their story. And they can wholeheartedly believe each individual person, this is how it happened. Hand to God, because people love to say the hand to God. Because that is their truth. Based on that same experience, you can get two totally different stories. I've once heard, or actually a couple times I've heard them say, you got his story, her story, and then you got the truth in the middle. You got her story and her story, then you got the truth in the middle. You got his story and his story, then you got the truth in the middle. But the truth is always in the middle. It's always in the middle. So whenever you enter into a situation where it's like, hmm, okay. I know what I felt when I encountered this. You know what you felt when you encountered this. We both swear that we encountered the exact same experience. So why do we have two different perspectives of that same experience? Why is that? And I'm beginning to believe that a lot of it has to do with that person's upbringing. They had two different upbringings. So their views are based off of their experiences prior to that experience. And maybe that's where they coined the phrase, can we just agree to disagree? Hmm. Can we agree to disagree? There's a verse in the Bible that says, how can two walk together unless they both agree? How can two walk together unless they both agree? So if the truth is in the middle, and this person has their views, and this person has their views. When do you involve the middle man? Do you involve the middle man when it's too late? Or do you take the time out to say, you know, my view may be a little bit tarnished. My view may be a little bit tainted. Maybe it really didn't happen this way. Maybe I need to take a moment and involve that middle man. Because by involving the middle man, maybe I can gain clarity on this experience and I'll no longer look at the other person like they're my enemy. 
And by involving the middleman, if I stay in the middleman's presence long enough, could it be that eventually I could view that enemy as my actual friend? Is it possible? Anything is possible if we believe. But how many of us truly take the time to believe? I was tested on today. Multiple times. And I remember the scripture that talks about as soon as you, and I'm paraphrasing again, because like I said, I'm not a Bible scholar. So therefore I don't have all of the scriptures memorized, but I love that book. And so I, I tend to read it. Um, I just don't memorize everything because the way my brain is set up. <laughs> but there was a scripture that talked about how um, as soon as you get the word, the enemy comes to snatch it. And depending on where you're at with that word, it could fall by the wayside. I'm just going to say or no. And so I had a very, very, very blessed encounter today. It was amazing. I met a total stranger. We had kindred spirits. Kindred spirits, in case that sounds crazy coming over the mic. <laughs> but we literally connected. And I laughed. Oh, how I laughed. And I haven't laughed like that in a while. And he laughed. And he said he hadn't laughed like that in a while. And it was a beautiful experience because we didn't know each other at all. And I merely just answered the phone doing what I do. And this stranger comes on the line and blesses my day. And I was feeling gloomy initially when the day started because my mother is still in the hospital. And when I talked to this gentleman, the way that I talked to him, it was as if, and the way he talked to me, it was as if we had known each other for years. It was if we had grown up together. It was a beautiful, beautiful God encounter. And he spoke some things into my life. The way he viewed me as a stranger. And they were so, the words that he spoke were beautiful. And apparently God needed me to hear those words. And I was blessed by those words. There's something about when someone will take the time out to speak life into you. 
it doesn't take long. In fact, it doesn't take a lot of effort. I believe it takes more effort to speak death into someone than it does to speak life. Remember, the power of life and death is in our tongues. And I do believe that there are ways that you can murder someone with your tongue. Intentionally and unintentionally. But when this particular stranger spoke into my life, let me hear how my presentation, who I am, what I sounded like on the phone, my laughter, everything he described, how I, how he is an introvert and how speaking to me, how I brought him out of his shell and I wasn't even doing it on purpose. It's just who I am. How he was able to feel so comfortable with me that he shared his life experiences and felt safe in doing it. No judgment. And he laughed so hard and I laughed so hard and I knew that we both needed that. And I told him that I was like, this right here was by divine design. This right here was an ordained appointment. It was necessary. Now, I didn't know that I was going to be dealing with spiritual warfare. Had not a clue. But I believe that God took the time out to pour into me because he knew what was down the road. And I'm like, this is how much you love your daughter. This is how much you love your children. It's as if, as a parent, you take the time to gird us up. You take the time to make sure we're good because as we are going down into the forest of life, that wolf is somewhere. We may not even see it. It may be in sheep's clothing. It may have the appearance of good, but on the inside is tainted. We don't know. We may think it's a sheep, but it's really a wolf in sheep's clothing. We don't know. It may have the form of godliness, but denies the power they're in, they're of. We don't know at that moment, but God. He knows. And so for me to have that encounter, and then as I traveled throughout the day, for me to experience literal spiritual warfare, and I was like, thank you, God, because you gave me something to pull from. It was like that moment of, who do you say I am? I debunked the lies a long time ago. I'm not, I don't even mean the cliche, God knows my heart. 
But the reality of it is, is that he does. And so the fact that he knows my heart and the fact that he knows how he created me to be and the fact that he knows that I have made up in my mind that if it means forsaking the entire world just to be pleasing in his sight, I'm going to obey his instructions. I could have easily ended that conversation when I received the information. But something said, you need this. And then he confirmed that he needed it too. And it was one of the most beautiful God encounters because I no longer was confined to what man and who man says I am. I surrendered to what God says I am. And it felt so good. It felt so right. And then when the darts start to come to and fro and the false accusations and the this and the that, when all of that starts to come, it's like, remember daughter, who do I say you are? Who do I say you are? It doesn't matter on all of this right here. That's not my voice. Remember, daughter, my sheep know my voice. Remember, daughter, you have a right relationship with me. I'm in the middle. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. I'm right here. Just look at me. Focus on me. Focus on me. That was one of the moments where literally standing on the promises of who he says I am made the world of difference in my life on today. Because one thing that I've learned about life is that you cannot and you will not please every single person. It just is not attainable. Someone will always have something to say, whether good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. And then there's some people that I'm going to call that are considered ingrates. What are ingrates, Teresa? Let's talk about it. Because I don't want you to be an ingrate all of your life. An ingrate is a person who is ungrateful. Nothing you say or do will ever be enough. They are truly never satisfied. You can put your heart, mind, body, and soul into doing everything that you can to try to put a smile on their face <laughs> and they will frown because this is what they're most comfortable with doing. Happiness, gratitude, 
appreciation, kindness, unless they're in control of it in some kind of way, honey, that's foreign to them. So how do you deal with an ingrate? First off, you must remain calm if at all possible. But you also must remain firm and present a non-controlling demeanor as you begin to express your expectations. You must set limits on the amount of time that you spend with this individual in order to ensure that your elevation stays at a certain level mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. You must be assertive when you are setting firm boundaries, especially with this individual who may use guilt to manipulate you. You also must create a respectful response kind of like a go-to just in case. That way you can offer this response if you're caught off guard by this individual's outbursts. Remember, you always have the right to say, "Mm -mm, no, I've changed my mind about a previous promise. And remember, this is not a competition. You are not in a popularity contest. So don't ever feel as if all of a sudden, ready, set, go, and you've got to do just that. You're not in a popularity contest. You're not competing with anyone. I just thought I'd remind you of that. Expect to be rejected by the individual as his or her Manipulative tactics fail. And last but not least, stick to your standards, stick to your expectations, your own expectations, and your own views because your voice matters. Stick to that middleman, your foundation. Draw toward the truth of who it is that you are. This is going to end this episode. However, before I completely end, let me go ahead and read a letter that I wrote to my future hubby entitled, it's not entitled, (laughs) dated April the 2nd, 2021. Dear future hubby, I am so proud of you. Keep pressing towards your mark to a higher calling. You've got this. You are in a class all by yourself. You are the right one, baby. Loving you is what I long to do. Have the most amazing year. God bless you now and always. I love you. Love Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. 
But while you're at it, do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.